0: This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks, you know, I think today kids lose out on that, and I've talked about the lack of leaders coming up that we're recruiting, and we live in San Diego, so it's year-round. And we would, we set up a basket in a tree behind our backyard and we'd put up lights and go out there and, and one night the, the neighbors called the cops on us because we were fighting so much. <laughs> now, here's your host,
1: Lauren Cook. All right, welcome back to another episode of Conversation with the Cooks. We are in the month of October, also the month of Halloween. Biggest question right now is, Coach Cook, are you dressing up for Halloween?
0: Uh, no, we're, 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 uh, I'll be locked in the basement somewhere, uh, Halloween. Last you won't need...
1: be passing out Halloween candy.
0: No, last thing I need to do is be around a bunch of little kids running, running to our door.
1: Here's a question for you. Do, uh, kids come to your door and ask for candy or do they ask for autographs?
0: Um, they don't ask for autographs. They, they want candy, but some of them <laughs> have, have recognized, but of course if we got the Irish Wolfhound Caden there, that usually that grabs their attention, and they're they're too scared to do anything.
1: <laughs> oh, poor poor guy! Everyone's scared of Caden. Yeah. All right, give us a really quick recap or update. I know not a lot has changed. A lot came out, a lot of information came out last month, September, um, about your season starting January 22nd, and you're starting up practices. We're we're recording this on October 11th. You're starting practices tomorrow, October 12th, uh, in order to prepare for that season. So is there anything new, any updates you want to give Husker Nation, anything that we haven't heard yet that is maybe exciting or worth?
0: Noting, I don't think anything too exciting. Um, we, we're, we're trying to create a bubble like football in Devaney. Now, of course, uh, we, so we're able to do that. Uh, we're able to use our locker room. So our team is the only one in Devaney now, our team and staff. Uh, we're still using masks in practice. The girls do not use masks in practice. So because, you know, the, the, tr- the tradeoff is, well, if they mask in practice, they can't breathe, and then they, they all go together anyway. <laughs> so we're just trying to be as safe as we can and have them make good decisions and keep them in as much as a in much of a bubble as possible
1: where's hold on where's basketball if you're the only ones allowed in Devaney,
0: well they're they have their own area so it's cordoned off we come in a certain door in Devaney. uh they come in a certain door in Hendricks. uh gymnastics goes in their entryway uh and swimming and diving has an entrance so they've cordoned everything off there it's like areas uh but you, Lauren. You've been in that training room. We're the only ones now allowed in the training room. So everybody's got their own training areas as well, track and swimming and gymnastics. So that could be a real, real big problem because you, you've been in that training room in Devaney. It services a lot of sports and they can get pretty crowded at times. So we create our bubble. The other kind of exciting news is we're moving toward a Big Ten schedule, one that uh, we kind of worked through at Nebraska and presented and. We're just waiting on the ADs this week to prove it, but it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think it'll be a really competitive schedule. We're trying to go 11 weeks, so 22 matches. So we'll have six home matches, six weeks of home matches, or yeah, no, five weeks of home matches, five weeks of away matches where you play the same team on the weekend. And then the other one, you'll have one home match and one away match with a travel partner. So probably that for us, that would be Iowa. We'll go there on a Wednesday. They'll come here on a Saturday or vice versa. So that's what we propose. It saves money. It's safe. You're only playing one team, one facility. We start January 22nd and lead up to the NCAA Final Four.
1: You're telling us there's a chance we may see a schedule released within the next two weeks?
0: Uh, I I am not putting any uh, time frame on it. So what's going to happen? They have to prove the concept. Uh, and then uh, it goes to a guy named Kevin, who's the scheduling guru uh, for the Big Ten. So he does all the schedules and puts them together. So what he'll do is he'll start. Not Kevin and, Warren. No, Kevin uh, KP, we call him. I don't know how to say his last name.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, he's from Michigan State. So what he does is he, he's going to go and put together this schedule, and it's going to be geographically based, meaning we're going to try to eliminate as much long-distance travel as possible. He's going to try to make it as fair as possible. You're Not everybody's going to get to play everybody. That's the one negative to it. But you get, we get 22 matches in the Big Ten. And then the other, the other uh, thing he's going to do is try to work around potential basketball weekends at certain schools, maybe uh, wrestling slash gymnastics. So, like, you know, we share Devaney with gymnastics and wrestling. So we may want to try to do some different options in regards to the scheduling, trying to eliminate some of those conflicts. So he, he'll. Poor, he'll Kevin.
1: Poor Kevin has his hands full.
0: Yeah, well, he, remember, he's doing all the Big Ten schedules. So this guy, he's, he's a wizard.
1: I thought they use a computer. Is Kevin a computer?
0: Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's runs the computers. So okay. it's pretty interesting talking to him because he'll be on there, and his baseball caps yeah. sideways, and he uh, will say, uh, he's okay, my, my, the computers are running the programs now. We'll know, we'll know more in a few days. <laughs> so nice. it's kind like of you're, like you're at uh, the Pentagon or at NASA or something. Yeah, we're, run, we're running the programs here's the simulations, see what comes out.
1: I, I need to meet this Kevin guy.
0: Yeah, maybe we should get him on. He, he's, he's a fascinating guy, and his background is he was a director of operations for Tom Izzo, Michigan State basketball, for years and helped them how to schedule with the RPI and everything. And, and anyway, the big 10, I think he's just kind of adopted him and he's doing all the scheduling. Nice.
1: Well, now, since we're bringing on surprise guests, I was going to ask you who you thought our surprise guest was going to be this month, but he's already joined us. Oh. So welcome <laughs> in uncle Dave, your brother, Dave cook. Welcome to conversation Hello. with the cooks.
2: Hello. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Can you hear us?
2: Yes. Yes. Hi, Lauren.
1: This is actually conversation with the cooks because we have three cooks in in this uh, Zoom call right now.
2: I know. It's awesome.
1: So, Dave, you're gonna...
0: nervous. You ever been on a podcast before?
2: I've never been on a podcast. I've been on plenty of these Zoom calls, though. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this is your first podcast?
2: First podcast, yes.
1: Wow, congrats. Big it day. It
2: could be a new career for me, uh, so you look out. <laughs> There's
0: going to be about 100,000 views on this thing here in, in in another week.
2: How many in California?
0: Well, oh, we don't know. We don't even count California. Who cares about California? <laughs> 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 we
1: have some Husker fans out in Cali.
0: Yeah. Oh, we I actually, know. We actually have a lot. Yeah. What is San it? San Diego, San Diego will be watching. We got connections there, volleyball connections, Lexi Sun connection.
2: There's some in, uh, there's some in Santa Cruz. There's, uh, I see some license plate uh, holders that say Huskers. I always want to go, go up and pull next to them and go, hey, you know Coach Cook? <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you, how often do you drop that on people like, oh, Coach Cook, or do you know Nebraska volleyball? Oh. Like Coach Cook, John Cook? That's my brother.
2: Yeah, I, say, I save that if I really need it. You know, I try to go without it, but if I need it, I'll pull it out.
1: Are you, are you more embarrassed that he's your brother or proud of it?
2: Oh, no, I'm very proud, very proud. What he's done there has been fantastic. He could have never have guessed it 30 years ago. I know, or right? I Longer than that.
1: I think he's, he still wishes he was a football coach.
2: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he used to talk about Retiring and going coaching football in Colorado all the time. High school football.
1: Yeah, it, it may still be on his radar. Who knows? Yeah,
2: it could be. It could be. I'm <laughs> probably Wyoming, right. right?
1: So I want to introduce you, Uncle Dave, to Husker Nation. So um, just give us a little bit of your background. I mean, we know where you guys grew up. We know, we know that story, and I'll get into some childhood stories later. But kind of what you're doing now, tell us about Brian and Carissa, because they both had uh, incredible volleyball careers at Stanford, um, and then just kind of what you do for a profession and, and how you're interlinked within the sports, sports world, I guess.
2: Okay. Yeah. So living in Santa Cruz, been here, uh, close to 30 years, I guess, working for Oakley golf. Now I've been with a few different golf companies. Uh, I was when I worked for Ashworth golf, which no longer exists, uh, I had a short stint with polo golf, and I had a 10-year stint with Adidas golf, and now I've transitioned to Oakley golf. And uh, so I've been in the golf business for quite a while and uh, love it, love working around golf and the golf courses and people that look, work at golf courses and so on and so forth. Uh, three kids, Carissa, Brian, and Kobe. Chris and Brian, yeah, both had great careers at Stanford, which was fun to watch. Even got to see you play against Stanford your freshman year at UCLA, if uh, that's right, call that. I made the road trip down there. That was fun. And uh, Chris is now in Manhattan Beach. She's coaching volleyball and still playing, still living her dream out playing on the AVP. They had one tournament this year. Which is beach volleyball. Beach volleyball, yes. So she's planning on playing. uh, She's planning on playing. This could have been her last season, but since of COVID kind of wiped out the season. She's going to give it a try next season and uh, probably will be our last season, I'm guessing. Maybe not. Who knows? But, uh, and then Brian's also living in, in uh, Manhattan Beach. He played Stanford volleyball, had a great career, played three years in Europe professionally, met his fiance in Italy, who is a former Husker. Everyone knows Kelsey Robinson. So they're living down in Manhattan Beach. And Kelsey's getting ready to go to China, hopefully, if everything clears, her visa clears. And
1: is Brian going with her?
2: Brian is not. They're the spouse just getting the players' visas is really hard right now. So as far as uh, family support is really, really hard to do. So uh Brian is actually starting a new business, a uh camper rental van company. So he's gonna build out some camper. Fans and start his own little business. So that should be interesting to watch that development. Nice. And then Kobe just finished up four years in the army and he is going to school, online school. So going for his degree using the, uh, the veteran benefits. So he's doing well as, uh, also.
1: And he was just out uh, visiting and hiking with Taylor, my little brother. Yeah. So I know they had a good time.
2: Yeah, they did. I think they threw back a few beers together, too.
1: <laughs> like father, like son, or like son, like father, whatever that saying is.
2: I don't know. Taylor, Taylor seems to be the beer connoisseur. He's always got, like, designer <laughs> beers.
1: He's... Did you teach him that, Dad?
2: <laughs> uh, no,
0: it's uh, where he lives is uh, beer, cap, beer making capital of the United States, because uh, they grow the hops and barley there. So in Teton Valley. And uh, so anyway, there's some great, just that whole region. There's just, you know, beers, just trying different beers and the, the companies are really cool. All these little little private beer making guys.
1: Nice. All right. So Uncle Dave, we want to get to know, Husker Nation wants to get to know Coach Cook as a little kid because everyone knows, you know, who he is now and, and they've all heard stories. But I want to go back to your childhood do you have any childhood stories or memories that really stand out? And did you guys get along or did you always fight? I mean, I heard, my dad told uh, stories on one of the previous episodes that Grandma Cook would uh, get a belt out or Grandpa Cook and whip you guys when you were in trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if he could catch us, I think. Um, yeah, that was a different day and age back there, a different style of parenting he also made us put on the football pads and go out and uh, tackle each other when we got when we were fighting too much, or do you know do the, uh, the headbutting with the football pads. Um,
1: who was stronger? Yeah, we, you're, you're younger, Dave, right?
2: Yeah, I'm a year and a half younger.
1: Okay, so who was who was stronger? Even though you were younger, uh, were you, were you still stronger?
2: Was, I know Coach Cook was always a little bit stronger growing up, but. Uh, I think I've passed them up now just on on sure weight. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we played, I mean, we played sports constantly. And it probably always ended in a fight, but we would probably get a good hour in of sports before it ended in a fight. Everything from basketball to football to baseball to tennis to every sport, we were always playing sports. And uh, I think that's where the competitive nature, Grew in both of us, and uh, we are always competing against each other, and or with each other too, which which was actually uh, more fun than competing against each other.
1: Dad, do you have any childhood memories or stories with Uncle Dave?
2: Oh, I yeah, we could go all day on that. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I think one thing I want to point out is, uh, like Dave said parenting and kids growing up, and Lauren, since you've got the pregnancy glow going right now, uh, you know, we we were just thrown in the backyard, and and we made up, you know, I think one of the things that helped me become a coach uh, is we would make up rules to games, we would make up teams, we would solve arguments, we would uh, pretend we were, uh, I remember we played pool basketball, and I was Elgin Baylor, and and Dave was, you know, Jerry West, and of course, the older people in this podcast will know who those guys are, Uh, but we were always making stuff up and playing games, and, you know, I think today kids lose out on that, and I've talked about the lack of leaders coming up that we're recruiting because everything is so structured. They're in club. They're in high school. They, you know, they're in YMCA. You know, they just don't get to play on their own, and I, I think that's something that and we lived in San Diego, so it was year round but uh the the best story Dave, and Dave, i don't know if he'll talk about what he'll talk about more about himself, but he was a great basketball player, played professionally in Australia, played at University of San Diego was a great high school player and we would we set up a basket in a tree behind our backyard and we'd put up lights and go out there and and one night the the neighbors called the cops on us because we were fighting so much <laughs> so, so, so uh <laughs> But there you go. That 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 was growing up right there.
1: Was Grandma Cook pissed?
0: She didn't care as long as we weren't in the house. She was happy.
2: Yeah,
0: but we'd be out there. We'd be out there, you know, until ten o'clock at night
2: playing hoops. And that was a dirt court. We that was so and yeah. So you didn't get true bounces, and the basket was not regulation height. It was crooked a little bit. And uh, but man, did we have some battles out there. I think I was undefeated, though.
1: <laughs> Talking smack. I love this.
2: That's the way I remember it.
1: Okay, so if...
2: But I know who threw the most elbows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> would you two, when someone got in trouble, would you tell on the other one, or did you guys have each other's backs?
2: Uh, is that for me?
1: For both of you. What do you remember? I know it's a, lo- I know it's a long, long time ago.
2: I would say we probably told on each other but it didn't really get anywhere it was just like take it outside and settle it outside yourself was pretty much the um, consensus around our household. Um, So yeah it didn't really do much good to tell on each other.
1: So once you guys got into that high school college age would you two go out with each other like go out to the bars try to pick up girls together?
2: <laughs> no, no, I don't think that was in uh, Coach Cook's. Uh, I w- it wasn't in my game plan, but it definitely wasn't in his.
1: Okay, um, so you were homebodies.
2: Pretty much homebodies, yeah.
1: Introverts.
2: Introverts, yeah.
1: Okay, we were so all you- about
2: sports, playing sports, and uh, but we did we did have girlfriends, and uh, Uncle John's girlfriend ended up being his his your mom.
1: Oh, I, I thought there was I thought something more was coming that I haven't heard about.
2: No, no that's, I think that was Uncle John's first uh, girlfriend. So.
1: <laughs> Poor sure, I'm sure that,
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she should be on this podcast.
1: You know, she, we brought her on uh, a while back when we first started recording. Uh, I think it was like episode two. Now we're on, this is like episode 14. But Husker Nation loves her, and loves hearing about all that she does, and because she she does a lot of behind the scenes stuff, from you know cooking meals for recruits and sending cookies to players, and so we'll, we we will have to have her on again. But uh, Dad, you touched on Dave's basketball career, and Dave, I want to talk about that. So you both played basketball in college. Mm-hmm. Dad, your your stint was a little shorter, but. Dave, tell us just your basketball journey. You played in college, you went and played pro, and then I wanna hear, tell us the story about you two going down to Australia together. I know, Dad, you met Dave down there, I think only took like a hundred bucks and lived with him for a couple months.
2: So we, were, we did end up, I went to a different high school than your dad, than Coach Cook, um, until our last, or until his last year of high school, we went to the same high school and we got to play basketball together. And, um, one of my proudest moments uh, for him, of him was, uh, we were playing our arch rival at their gym and I got hurt. I kind of, was kind of a cheap foul and I got hurt and I was taken to the hospital. And, uh, I heard, uh, got word afterwards that, uh, coach cook was so pissed off about it. And he he went off and scored like 37 points or something. And we won the game and I was just so happy and so proud that, uh, He not only took it to our arch rival, but he took it to him really good and we won the game. So that made me feel really good and that's still one of my great memories, um, playing basketball with him in high school. And then in college, um, yeah, we didn't really play together on the same court in college, but uh, he was part of the basketball program um, when he was there and he was always around competing and playing. And then Australia, I got the chance to go down to Australia, which was awesome. I lived in Newcastle, played for the Newcastle Falcons, and got to see all of Australia, and uh, yeah, Coach Cook came out to visit, I think, for possibly a month, and we got to travel. Um, I had some downtime, and we traveled. We uh, had a little car, I think it was a Holden, old beat-up car, and drove up the coast, and stayed in campgrounds, and uh, stayed with friends, and and, uh, met friends, and just had a great time traveling, and yeah, we were uh, we were on a budget, and um, I remember sitting on a one one memory I have is sitting on a dock down in I don't I think it might have been Port Macquarie, or, uh, and we had these giant prawns that we were just sitting on the dock peeling these prawns. We probably got them for a couple bucks, and we thought we were in heaven eating prawns on a dock in Australia. So that was that was a great memory.
1: You're always on a budget if you're around Coach Cook.
2: Yes, <laughs> that's for sure.
1: <laughs> okay, Don, I need you to tell your your side of that story because you just found a letter that you wrote to your parents because you couldn't afford a plane ticket back, right?
0: That's uh, true. I was at Grandma Cook's, and uh, Dave, I haven't told you this, but uh, in her guest room, there she had some stuff it's kind of in a boxed up so I kind of started going through it and there was a letter I wrote from Australia back to mom and dad at the time saying can you please get me a plane ticket I have I don't have any money to get home <laughs> uh, and uh I think they must have got a, bought me a plane ticket cuz I yeah I think there was a letter back about something yeah we're going to send you we'll we'll set this up and go to the airport and it'll be ready so um, all the
2: kids are saying why didn't you use email or or why didn't you text? <laughs> I know. I know. No, was, you had to write a letter. Yeah. Letters were expensive phone calls. Yeah.
0: I I remember there was phones. There was no we weren't calling yeah. home back then. There was
2: pay phones and they were super expensive or you had yeah. to call collect and it was still expensive.
0: Yeah. But Lorna, uh, I'll just pick up after that when so I came back and um and Dave came back, and we had started playing beach volleyball, and we were, I think, we were living, we lived together for a year with a couple other roommates down in South Mission Beach in San Diego, where they have a bunch of sand volleyball courts, and we started playing, and I remember, uh, I think, when Dave came back after his first year playing in basketball, we had a tournament, like, the next week, and I just remember it was, the week of practice was terrible, and I'm thinking, oh, we're, we're not going to be any good, and but it just took him a while to to transition to the sand. And I, I think we may have won that tournament or did really well. And and we started improving our ratings and, and played beach volleyball really competitively for about five years.
1: Is this – did you live with the Ashworth brothers at this time? Yes. Okay. And then who were some of the – you guys would play against, like, Bill Walton, right?
2: Yeah, Greg Lee. Greg Lee, but Bill Walton was around. Yep, he would play a little bit.
1: You guys played against some, like, big-time names, right?
2: Bill Walton, and at that time, a lot of the USA volleyball players were there. Karch was around a little bit, Pat Powers, because um, they were training in San Diego at the time, so when they were off, they would come down and play a little beach volleyball, so... Yeah, there was, it was a good volleyball scene in South Mission at that time. I have no idea what it's like now, but at that time it was really good. It was really competitive and really fun and a good group of people. And, and we kind of kept rising up the ranks. We started at the bottom playing against two drunk guys on a court on the base side where no one played. Finally, we were too good for them, we moved up to the next court, got better than those guys. And then finally we worked up our way to the A court and uh, and then we became fixtures on the A court, and then we were the guys to beat, which was really fun. So, yeah, it took it took a lot of hard work, but we got there, and we accomplished uh, some great goals in beach volleyball. Coming from you know not coming from a volleyball background, really just kind of taking it up at the later age and and working hard at it and getting good at it.
1: So, Dave, how? when you say you, that was kind of your volleyball background, how did your kids then become so good at volleyball and so invested in the sport?
2: Well, my philosophy was just start rolling balls at them when they're young, when they're crawling. And when they start rolling it back, then you got the game going. And, uh, but neither one of them took to volleyball early. I mean, they were always around volleyball, and volleyballs were around the house, and they've always touched a volleyball, but... Carissa was a big soccer player and was really into the club soccer team. She was on a traveling team and so on and so forth. And then she got a little bit of the volleyball bug in middle school. And then I think it was her freshman year, she just uh, came to me and said, Dad, I, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I want to play volleyball full time. And so she converted to volleyball and had a great career. And it obviously paid off really well for her, you know, going to Stanford and living that whole experience was was awesome. Um, And Brian, the same way, he was actually into roller hockey and I actually made him quit roller hockey just because it was so expensive and so much travel. And so, and the, the roller hockey rink we were going to was an hour away and just couldn't take it anymore. And he cried for about two days. And then he tried a little bit of basketball and didn't really like that. And then he, then he got the volleyball bug. And I think it was, probably not till his freshman year or sophomore year in high school, he got the volleyball bug and there was no club teams in Santa Cruz. So we had to go over into San Jose to play club volleyball, which was, which was hard, but it paid off for him too. It was a tough decision, father son decision to make him quit or to tell him I wasn't going to support him in roller hockey anymore, but it paid off for him. So.
1: Poor Brian.
2: Poor Brian. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah.
1: How did you, how did I get into volleyball? Did did you guys? I don't remember you guys really pushing me to do it. it I, same deal. Like we had balls and balloons around that I would play with, and then you guys well, let we, me play basketball and soccer. And
0: yeah, we we, we destroyed the the basement. Um, but really, where you started playing was in the summer in camps. We, you know, I was in a gym all day with camps when we were at Wisconsin, and you you were just you got drugged to the gym and you were hanging out in the gym. So a lot of the coaches, Patsy Malta from from San Diego, who would always come work our camps, would take you and taught you how to play pepper. And and Carolyn Taitofa who I coached in club, and Jen Salamu was, was her, her niece, uh, played at Nebraska, was an All-American. Uh, she would, the, you know, this they would give you the Samoan-style volleyball. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I want to elaborate a little bit more on, on um, Chris and Brian, because, I just want to get this out, but we tried to schedule Stanford so you and Charissa could play, but Stanford would never play us. And so <laughs> you guys played as freshmen at when you were at, at UCLA, but they would never play us at, at Nebraska. But then also, um, Brian, I, I got to go uh, spend a week with the Stanford volleyball team, and they went to Hawaii and played, and I met Dave over there. And that was awesome, hanging out with them for a week and being in practices and so on. And then got to go see him play for the national championship in Chicago at Loyola University the final in the national championship match which was uh in, in the semi-final match which was awesome met, met Dave there as well so
1: uh, no you know, i went I mean with you
0: yeah I think did you go with me
1: yeah you have to, I was just gonna say who was your guest that weekend you yeah. took me with you
0: yeah well anyway you, you, it was awesome awesome It was. to watch those guys play and then Chris has gone on, and Dave, I don't know if I have this right, but she won some world championships in snow volleyball, and didn't she win some big championship in South America? Oh, um, yes, yeah, she won the
2: um, uh, the Pan Am Games. She yeah, won Am the Pan Am, Am That's in right. Peru, I believe. And then earlier that year in the wintertime, she won um, snow volleyball, four-person snow volleyball in – it was either Italy or Russia or – I don't know. She's played in a few of those tournaments, but she won one of those. And then she also won um, one of the AVP tour events in Austin two summers ago. So she had a great year that year. It was, a, it was Everything went her way, and she had just just an unbelievable year and, and a ton of fun and traveling the world. She, she's seen the whole world through volleyball, which is amazing.
1: And it's difficult to transition from – I mean, for Husker fans who are watching this, to transition from playing indoor volleyball to sand volleyball, and then even to snow volleyball. I mean, I don't know much about snow volleyball, but I know the rules are a little different because you're playing with four players, and you're playing in the snow. Yeah,
2: and you're playing with football cleats on, or soccer cleats.
1: Are you really? Yeah.
2: They showed up at uh, their first one in Russia, and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what, you know, it was brand new for them, and they had to go to a sporting goods store and buy soccer cleats and um, <laughs> some more outerwear because it was freezing. So you're playing with outerwear, big parkas on and, and,
1: uh, Gloves pretty bad. The,
2: the level of volleyball was pretty good. I mean, there was national team members on the Russian teams and it was it Italians had their really good, some really good players on their teams and the really high level volleyball in in beautiful mountain scenery places but on snow, but it's hard packed snow, so they could jump and hit and play.
1: So speaking of volleyball, do you watch or, or listen to any of Nebraska volleyball's matches?
2: I try to as much as possible. I try to as much as possible. In fact, I got the Big Ten package um, just to watch Husker volleyball
1: nice. on
2: cable, but all the games aren't on there, but the ones that are on there, I definitely watch. Um,
1: You came out for a football volleyball weekend like a couple years ago, right?
2: Yeah, that was a great experience. That was, that was unbelievable to go to a Nebraska football game. It was, it was mind blowing that stadium, the guys shooting hot dogs up into the stands, um, (laughs) people not sitting. I mean, they stand the whole game. They sat, they might've sat for a second at halftime, but they stood the whole game. I'm just like, there is no way this would happen in California. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it was a whole nother level of enthusiasm. And then that night with the volleyball game, watching Husker fans line up, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and they're lined up waiting to get into the gym. And there's, there's there was actually guys selling, scalping tickets outside, which is unheard of. And I was just like, I remember sitting up in Coach Cook's office. That was the old the old arena in the old office. And, uh, looking down outside and just going, no way, this is crazy that this is happening for volleyball, which, which is great. It's, just, it's, it's hard to explain the Nebraska volleyball scene to anyone anywhere else that's not there. Maybe, maybe the people in Hawaii are the only ones that can come close to understanding, but uh, no one else can understand it. You have to see it. You have to feel it. You have to be there and uh, live it to understand what truly is going on there.
1: Our fans are the the best. Yeah, they
2: are. It's amazing.
1: I know you agree with me, Coach Cook.
0: Yep. I say that all the time, but hearing hearing that from Dave is pretty cool. So it just validates uh, what what we have here.
1: All right. It's time for (laughs) – Yeah. Okay, so Dave – We do this. This is uh, to cap off the pod or this one's episode. We end with a confession and a lesson. So a cook confession and a cook lesson. A confession can be really whatever you want, but something juicy, maybe that people don't know. Yeah, you can take it in whatever direction you want. And then a lesson is is words of wisdom or a quote that you live by or uh, advice that, that you'd like to give. So again, you can take that in any direction you want, but We each have to go around and say a confession and a lesson.
2: Okay, Okay. am I up for it?
1: If if you're ready, we'll let you go first.
2: All right, I'll tell a good tidbit. This is, we were probably, I was probably 12 and Coach Cook was probably 13 and we got in a big fight and uh, I think he got the better of me and I was gonna get him back and that's all I could think about. So I waited I waited behind a door waiting for him to come in. I was felt like I was waiting forever. Finally the door opened and I gave him a cheap shot. I hit him in the face with a with a fist and um knocked him down. He never saw it coming and I took off running. I don't think I came back that day, but uh that was a cheap shot. So that was a confession, but I felt really bad afterwards. It felt really good for a minute. Then I felt really bad because it was such a cheap shot. So that's my confession.
1: Uh, Did you give
2: him a black eye? No, I don't think I I connected that hard, but it surprised him more than anything else. It surprised myself. But I was afraid to come home because I knew he was going to be really mad. Um, So that's my confession. And then...
1: Perfect.
2: Uh, What's the second part? I'm sorry. A a uh, lesson.
1: So words of advice, a quote that you live
2: by. What I I remind myself about every day is, from a work-related standpoint, is outwork the competition. I'm in competition with every other sales rep that has a product line that's trying to get into the same stores and stuff. So uh, that's what I remind myself from a work standpoint um, is outwork the competition from a family standpoint my words I live by is always let the know, the people you're close to know you love them that supersedes everything your kids as long as they know you love them that's everything's going to be okay your family members and significant others if they know you love them they're going to be okay and everything's going to work out so there's my lesson for the day
1: mic drop he killed it
2: <laughs> that's awesome
1: <laughs> every week coach cooks or not every week every month coach cook he knows this is coming and he can never think of anything
2: On <laughs> confession yeah.
1: yeah let's hear what you have to say today
2: well uh
0: this is actually pretty easy today because uh dave's here so I got two, two – I'll just tie these together. So when Dave and I would train and play on beach volleyball all week long, I would always get mad at him because he would dog it. He wouldn't care if we won or lost. And I was, like, obsessed with we had to play great. We had to be in a great rhythm going into the weekend to play in a tournament. And he was like, hey, <laughs> <it's> just practice. <laughs> so I would lose my mind. He wouldn't care. And I just, like, we're going to get crushed. But then he would step up when it was game time. But I think the other the other big confession you, is you wouldn't that,
2: have been you wouldn't have been able to coach me. I wouldn't be able to play for you either. There's no way. No
0: way. No way.
2: But I think <laughs> the other
0: confession is is that uh, uh, I don't know how much youth coaching Dave's done, but he could have been an unbelievable coach. And he watches us, and he'll send me notes before a match, after a match. He just has one of the greatest eyes for the game and what's happening and certain players he'll just he'll say like hey you gotta you gotta talk to kelsey robinson and she's gotta you know do this and and this person's gotta do this and that setter's gotta you know do a better job on that and he's just so he's a great resource sees the game unbelievable could have could have been a fantastic coach and it's probably has helped me be a good coach is uh growing up around him
1: i didn't know that
2: yeah i don't well i I think I do have a good eye for the game, but I I don't think I could be a good coach. I just don't. Uh, it tears me up inside, not sitting on the sidelines, not being able to play. Um, I In the short time I did coaching, it was really hard on me, and I knew that it wasn't for me. I don't know how you've done it all these years, but uh, when I see you on TV, I, I can see you uh, <laughs> struggling sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, I would not want to be there right now.
0: No, I just tell myself we have a bad week of practice. Well, you know, Dave, Dave practiced bad all week and
2: still play good, so you know, we'll be okay. <laughs> you got to save the games.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, when you have your worst weeks of practice, that's when you play your best.
2: But something uh, must be said for that.
1: Yeah, that you, because I, you always say, oh, we practiced so bad this week, we're gonna get smoked this weekend, and then you go beat Penn State in three or Minnesota in three. Uh,
0: we've we've. We've had some really good weeks of practice and played really well too. <laughs> okay.
1: Do you have a lesson?
0: Well, that was kind of my lesson confession. All Okay.
1: Okay. Combine them. Okay. So my confession, and I don't know how I'm going to top last month's. Dave, uh, I don't know if you listened to last month's episode, but I announced that I was pregnant. So it was, that was a big confession. But, that
2: was awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: we might get to see a Husker volleyball match sooner than January 22nd. Maybe I don't know. Just maybe. So I can't say any details, but uh, I'm going to push that out there. It's a tease. It's a teaser. Yep. And then my my lesson is uh, regret is more painful than failure. So
2: that's a good one. uh, So do we have baby names?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the spot. I have about four weeks. to. Well, we have about four weeks to come up with one. We have a couple that we like, but uh, my husband and I cannot decide on one that we both really love. He has his that he likes and I have mine that I like. And then of course, Coach Cook has his own opinions and his that he likes. And my mom has some that she likes and no one can agree. And so she, uh, she may not have a name for a while. So if, if you have any name suggestions, we'll happily take them.
2: No, I, I think it's, I, th- I would ignore your mom and your dad and go with, go with your gut feeling and stick with it and uh, tell them to pipe it.
1: I <laughs> like that advice.
0: Dave, <laughs> I get it from Grandma Cook because she, she makes her suggestions too and says, well, but Lauren, it's your baby, so you do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. At least
1: Grandma sends me suggestions, though.
0: She, she has strong opinions
1: yeah that's okay. I appreciate those opinions yeah. all right well, well
2: I can't wait for uh you to make uh coach Cook a grandfather number one, and I can't wait to see your little girl and I can't wait to see what her name is
1: yeah <laughs> as soon as we know everyone else will know so um and I know coach Cook is you're excited to be a grandpa I think yes. at least you tell me you are
0: oh yeah, it's just uh it's going to be a new phase of life. So <laughs> but, uh, I make sure I take a back seat to Wendy right now because Wendy is in total grandmother mode.
1: Yeah, she is.
2: Lauren, let us know if uh, coach cook cries when he first sees your, your, his little granddaughter. Let, I love... us let, let, the, let the Husker nation know if he, he sheds some tears because I'm oh. pretty sure he's going to.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've only seen him cry, uh, less than a handful of times so it's uh takes a lot for him to get for him to form some tears so I, I will definitely try to get a video if that's the case
2: yeah i, th- I think it's gonna happen
1: <laughs> all right well uncle dave thank you so much for joining us uh, on this month's episode of conversation with the cooks and until next month which is uh baby month november and also thanksgiving and Christmas shopping is around the corner, so a lot of fun things happening next month, potentially something with Husker Volleyball. Um, but until then, go big red.
0: Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb, edited by Josh Hilkeman, sound design by Brett Whitty, voiceover by Mike Elliott, cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports Podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Or listen and find out more at Huskers.com/slash podcasts.